Today on CityCast Chicago, Chicago is experiencing an outbreak of monkeypox. That's directly from the city's Department of Public Health. They're hosting a webinar today to give some facts about the virus, what it is, how it spreads. And according to one Chicago doctor, more facts is just the beginning. There needs to be more vaccines, more education for healthcare providers and less stigma. He tells us about the eerie similarities to this moment and the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. I feel upset once again. I feel angry uh, once again. I feel like the government is uh, neglecting us once again. We also hear from someone who contracted the virus. It's Tuesday, July 26. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. The number of cases that we are seeing in Chicago is increasing fairly quickly, as it is in cities around the U.S., across Europe. The top line message, if you think you have symptoms that could be monkeypox, a new rash, especially if it's coming along with a fever or flu-like symptoms, we want you to see your health care provider. That was Chicago Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison R. Woody late last week. CDPH says that as of now, 197 Chicagoans have been diagnosed with the monkeypox virus, and most have been among men who have sex with men. There's nothing specific about being gay, bisexual, or having men, or being a man who has sex with men that puts you at higher risk. It's just that this is the community right now where the outbreak is. And so all of our strategies are around working very hard to limit. Um, this outbreak uh, to protect first and foremost people in the highest risk groups. Dr. Arwoody says public health experts have known about monkeypox since the 50s and that early cases amongst humans in the 70s were linked to contact with animals and rodents, mostly in Western Africa. But what's different about this outbreak is that it has been spreading person to person and it has been spreading through contact with, um, really with the sores uh, or more extended um, respiratory, like if people are kissing or, or being intimate. Dr. Arwoody says a vaccine exists, but it is in limited quantities. She says the U.S. is working to get more and that Chicago has received and distributed about 5,000 doses. 5,000 might sound like a lot, but... For some context, even if we're just looking at um, uh, our estimate for men who have sex with men, there's about 125,000 just in Cook County. The Department of Public Health thinks that roughly 50,000 of those men are HIV positive or have multiple partners, meaning that they would probably benefit from having access to a dose of this vaccine because they're either immunocompromised or they are putting themselves due to their sexual behavior at risk and contracting the virus. This is Aaron Gettinger. I'm a reporter for the Hyde Park Herald. I live on the South side. I've uh, been covering the monkeypox outbreak. In late June, I actually contracted monkeypox myself, was diagnosed earlier this month. Feeling much better now, but I'm continuing to cover the outbreak. I'll be honest, even though it's not particularly flattering for me, I thought it was just a garden variety, um, sexually transmitted disease based on what I was feeling. I went to Howard Brown Health. They've got a walk-in clinic in Hyde Park. I was visually uh, examined. They thought that it looked like monkeypox, swabbed me, um, and then the test went in. It came back positive. I got a call from 
the Chicago Department of Public Health, and we did contact tracing that day. There is a significant amount of pain on a very sensitive part of my body. I missed a day of work straight away, um, and uh, I had to get prescription medication to deal with it on um, a step up from um, prescription ibuprofen. But it's something that nobody wants to get, I can guarantee that. I was lucky in that I had gotten a dose of vaccine at a Howard Brown pop-up uh, clinic at Pride Southside of Washington Park a couple of days before my symptoms started, before I even knew that I was exposed to it. There is a chance possibly that this prevented me from having kind of these, you know, really gory, terrible lesions that you see um, on people's bodies. It's just awful. If I was straight, I think I would think to myself, why can't people just stop doing this? And I know this is ironic, you know, for me who knew very well how this disease was spreading and still went out and got it myself. People still are aware that smoking cigarettes causes lung cancer and emphysema and they still smoke. People know that getting vaccinated for COVID-19 causes dramatic reduction in being hospitalized for COVID and they, people still choose not to do it. People are responsible for their decisions, but that doesn't mean that we should castigate them for making bad decisions. Sometimes we should, you know, be empathetic and, you know, try to help people who are suffering from what is an extremely unpleasant, extremely painful, essentially scarring disease. Um, people are going to need help. People are going to need food deliveries. People are going to need time off from work. People are going to need understanding. I would hope that doctors, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, know what the symptoms are and know that a disease is, is affecting this population at this point. And I would also that this population that's being overwhelmingly affected by it would know how to advocate and say, this is possibly monkeypox, can you please send it a test? And if someone's hearing this on day one, two, three, or four of their symptoms, you will get through this. Public health officials like Dr. R. Woody have been saying monkeypox has been primarily affecting men who have sex with men or MSMs. But Dr. Daniel Berger says everyone should remain vigilant against the virus. Let me warn people that just because it's currently being seen in men having sex with men, it doesn't mean that it can't spread to anyone else. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it can easily spread to other populations. So, for example, if a straight person touches someone with, that, that has symptoms or that has skin lesions, they can ease, just as easily get it as anybody else. Berger is the founder of North Star Medical Center, an HIV treatment and research center in Greater Chicago. He told the Tribune recently, monkeypox is reminding him of the early days of the AIDS crisis. So we asked him more about that. You know, as you know, um, during the early days of the, of the epidemic and the rise of the religious right as an electoral force within uh, the United States and their president, Ronald Reagan, they and the president and the government obstructed progress. They 
did very little, if, if anything, to educate the communities that were at risk for developing HIV infection and allowed people at risk to contract uh, HIV. Had the government interceded, uh, started uh, uh, putting out warnings, educational to use educational tools, um, that could have curbed some of the spread. Additionally, uh, the government and the pharmaceutical companies at the beginning uh, did little to do any development of tre potential treatments. Um, there were many agents, many medications that were on pharmaceutical shelves gathering deaths that could potentially have been used to investigate possible treatments for HIV. Mm. And in fact, uh, AZT, which was the first drug that was approved, was one of those drugs that had been sitting on a shelf for a while. As many people died due to the fact of the government's inactivity. And so I just say that there's a pervasive sense of mistrust or distrust in our government uh, because of the early days of the epidemic and how the government acted. Here with monkeypox, first cases began in June, yet there hasn't been um, much availability or uh, of the vaccine. In fact, we know that the um, U.S. Strategic National Stockpile had at least 36,000 doses of Genios, which is the uh, FDA-approved uh, uh, vaccine for monkeypox here in the United States. And yet it was not being made available uh, right away. I saw the, uh, the first uh, case of, uh, of monkeypox at our clinic about three or four weeks ago. I, as soon as I saw uh, that individual, I knew fairly quickly, although he had been to four other clinics trying to get medical advice about what to do. And in one of those clinics, they treated him for strep throat. He was misdiagnosed probably four times. And when I, as soon as I walked in the room and I saw him and looked at his hands, for example, yeah. I could see that he had prob high probability of monkeypox. Are, are you saying those other four clinics misdiagnosed him or, or didn't know what was going on? Or were they looking for now a you know, fifth opinion? He was misdiagnosed. He was given an antibiotic for strep throat at, w at one of the places. So um, the other places just told him to go home and get some rest. They didn't even think about monkeypox. So when the uh, Department of Public Health asked me if I would take a vaccine and they told me that there was a shortage, I had to think for a moment, if I take the vaccine, that means there's one less vaccine for somebody else that might potentially really have been exposed to it mm -hmm. or m more at risk. So I just deferred and I said, no, thank you. We're finally getting more vaccines, but still not enough. I mean, in, in all cases, as you've described, the lack of information, the lack of access, uh, but something we also see in both examples is this fostering of division. We saw it throughout the AIDS epidemic. Are, are you seeing this them versus us sort of situation because the way it's being reported on where people are assuming, you know, th this doesn't impact me? Yes, ex exactly. And I believe that the, uh, big reason why we're being given uh, more vaccinations is because the Chicago Tribune article came out and is putting pressure on mm -hmm. government agencies and Department of Public Health. I did a post on Instagram uh, just prior to Pride explaining a little bit about monkeypox and the lesions. And tons of people called or sent me notes saying thank you for telling us about this because they haven't heard anything. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, and as we all know, um, right now we're in this sort of post-COVID 
era at the moment where people really want to be outside. It's summertime. People want to go out. They've been uh, kept inside for so long. And this is a time when people are gathering together and celebrating, uh, but yet they are now ironically at higher risk of developing monkeypox because of all the potential contact and because of all the celebrations that are going on right now during the summertime. When, you, when you're talking to, to patients, uh, individuals who may, are, may have been potentially exposed, how is that anxiety weighing down on people? Well, obviously, when people are starting to develop symptoms or they get diagnosed with monkeypox and now they're being told to stay home for a couple of weeks, minimal, you know, they're upset, they're angry. Um, why weren't we told? Uh, why wasn't there any warning? You know, how is it that I got this? And people are in pain. Uh, some of the lesions cause pain. Uh, people are, are feeling sick because of the fever and the body aches. People are very, very frustrated. The fact that they're on long waiting lists to get the vaccination. You know, we have uh, our waiting list right now. Every day the waiting list grows longer, even though vaccines are coming in. Our waiting lists are approaching over 500. And African-Americans and Latinos that were reluctant or hesitant on getting vaccinated for COVID, they are again uh, reluctant and uh, hesitant about getting back, getting the vaccination for monkeypox. Is there a stigma associated with monkeypox? One of my patients did say something interesting. He said that he felt ashamed that he had gotten it. Mm. Uh, but I think right now within our community, I don't think that uh, we are stigmatizing our members who have it. There is a stigma, I should say, towards queers in general. So I don't see why it would change that much with someone developing monkeypox. It might just uh, reinforce those individuals that are prejudiced uh, towards uh, members of our community to even to just continue to be more prejudicial. Are you saying people who have come in with symptoms or looking for the vaccine, has, has everyone been self-identifying as queer? Most people have, but I have gotten calls. Uh, I did get a call from a woman who explained to me that although sh she is not queer, um, she does go out to bars or uh, fundraisers of organizations for which there are queer people and asked me from my medical standpoint whether she should get the vaccine. I explained to her that it wouldn't be a bad idea. However, unfortunately, uh, the government has certain criteria as to who could get the vaccine, and women are not on the list. You know, it's MSMs who have had at least two partners in the last 14 days, uh, MSMs who have gone to sex parties and uh, or bathhouses. Those are the individuals for whom meet the so-called criteria set up by uh, the government uh, agencies. And I know that's to address scarcity at the moment, but does that in some ways maybe reinforce uh, a prejudice to the more naive or ignorant public who doesn't know, who sees, oh, the only people who have access to the vaccine um, are, are, are men who have sex with men. So it, it only impacts them. Yeah, it only reinforces that. It's it's like, um, you know, back in the day uh, with COVID vaccine, even now, um, they're finally letting people uh, of other eight in other age groups get their second booster for COVID. There's so much booster available in this country. Why have they delayed so long? So what does the city need to do right now to raise awareness about monkeypox? I think the city needs to disseminate information 
Uh, they need to advertise on television. They need to advertise on radio, on the internet. They need to send information to organizations. They also need to educate uh, medical providers. So because medical providers aren't uh, knowledgeable about this infection currently, they're misdiagnosing people, and that's probably encouraging the spread even further. We, don't, we haven't seen deaths uh, in this country due to monkeypox. There have been deaths in Africa, for example, it doesn't mean that uh, there can't be serious cases or more severe cases, especially among patients that are immune compromised or older individuals or people with other uh, comorbidities. I imagine, and I know you've seen so much throughout your career, but, but how are you feeling right now? I feel upset once again. I feel angry uh, once again. I feel like the government is uh, neglecting us once again. As a medical provider, uh, I feel powerless uh, to be able to change the system. We hear constantly every time you turn on the TV or, or read the newspaper, you know, uh, we see about, we're reading about uh, now the threat to uh, gay marriage, for example. I feel like this is just another example of how, uh, you know, our government reacts towards us. You talked about it earlier. So much of state violence around the AIDS epidemic was just pure ignoring it you know not talking about it not making people aware you know not uh, addressing the equity and the, the the death that was happening do you still feel ignored in many ways all all these decades later i yes absolutely there's still disparities uh, among the population with hiv and aids i mean right now um if you're african-american you have uh eight and a half times greater chance of uh, getting diagnosed with HIV than your Caucasian counterparts. If you're African-American and gay, you have almost a 50% chance of contracting uh, HIV in your lifetime, as opposed to Caucasians, which is uh, a much, much lower rate. This is all uh, a manifestation of the disparity in availability and access to care and treatment. Uh, in this country, and it still exists today. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dan Berger works with North Star Medical Center in Lincoln Park. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us on CityCast Chicago and educating us. Thank you so much for calling me. The Chicago Department of Public Health is hosting a Get the Facts webinar today at 11 a.m., including information on the virus, how it spreads, and where you can currently sign up to get the vaccine in the city. There's a link for you in the show notes. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Mayor Lightfoot has unveiled plans for a Soldier Field renovation. Yes, the most expensive option, $2.2 billion, and includes building a dome over the stadium, more seats, and new public transit and hotel accommodations, even naming rights. It is important to note, we still paying off the spaceship makeover to Soldier Field from, like, 2003. Is it worth it to keep the Bears? Let me know at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and if you think we should put a dome on top of the spaceship. After years of delays, the state has finally issued nearly 150 new cannabis dispensary licenses, with most of them coming to the Chicago area. Hopefully that means prices go down, but let's be real, probably not. And some good news to get you through. You can find me tomorrow night at the South Shore Cultural Center for Q After Dark, a celebration of the music of Chicago's very own Quincy Jones, featuring deeply rooted dance theater and the one and only Sam Thousand. 
Yeah, y'all know that name. That's the man behind our theme music. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.